previously on my best friend's journal. <gasps> I forgot they got you a flashlight. That's, they're such good friends. That's something I wouldn't have thought to buy myself and was like, oh, I needed this. You delivered two beautifully wrapped Christmas presents for me. So it is a remote control <laughs> robo rimmer. It is a wiggly butt plug is what it is. Uh, she bangs was one one beat late the ricky martin song i sang she bangs apparently a whole beat off the whole time so that's good uh, don't say beat off pp came over and we started to hook up until lead alien interrupted i kind of i had the feeling she knew what was up and was like being annoying on purpose uh that love of mine b and i planned on going to new york for a weekend day off he was like i, I don't feel well i can't go you should go realized after he couldn't go so he could hook up with somebody else we were not dating. He literally he abandoned he you yeah. on a trip so he could go have sex, and he knew that it was going to hurt your feelings. In, yes. Uh, I was actually FaceTiming with my sister-in-law the other day, mm-hmm. and she was like, I do love those little divots there in his hips. And I, I was like, oh, you mean his cum gutters. <laughs> Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're going to take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote This shit might get too real Nothing here is sacred I'm haunted by my past It's called my best friend's journal Let's start this damn podcast Let's sing this theme a little longer first It's someone's favorite podcast Hey, bitch. Please don't use that kind of language with me. <laughs> you're going to get what you're going to get. How's it going? Good. You look so um, sun-kissed and sandy. Do I? I don't think I look like <laughs> either of those things. Uh, I haven't spent much time outside, and it's been raining for the past three days, so I'm neither <laughs> sun-kissed yeah. nor am I sandy. You do look a little sandy, but that's more like grainy from the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I'm on that beautiful desert Wi-Fi. How are you? How's how's things on the compound? How's quarantine? All's been pretty good. We had, um, we, I told you, I think last time we were doing tons of activities to get through, and one of those was a book club, and we've since finished the book. And I got to tell you, um, it is the worst book I've ever read in my adult life. <laughs> so you're not going to recommend it to the people? No, I'm not even going to give you the title. We picked like a... A young adult book, just because it seemed, I don't know, it was it's hard enough to pick across the demographic that we were in this little book club. And so we just picked something that was fine enough. And we started it and we're like, okay, this could be good. We all got like intrigued. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. And um, I finished it as a point of you know pride. I was like, I'm just going to finish this. We're just going to do it and have successfully completed a book club. But um, I didn't believe that everyone else did. I know Kick definitely did. Michaela says she did. Um, <laughs> the incredulity. <laughs> anyway, I um, made some bullshit up and was like, what did you all think about that crazy twist at the end? And I told Kick to go in on it with me. He was like, yeah, that was nuts. And two of the people but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that is so manipulative. Oh, my God, you monster. <laughs> I am a monster, but it worked because two of the people who had read it were like, what are you talking about? And two who hadn't were like, hmm. Yeah. Uh... And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> that is so rude, but also hilarious. Well, I was like, I am not reading this by myself. I'm, I'm not enduring this alone. Anywho. Hi. Welcome to my best friend's journal. Oh, yeah. This is my best friend's journal. I'm Cam. I'm Mike. 
And can I just say that if you are looking for another book for your book club, you probably already have your next one picked out. But um, a good place to pick for book club books is uh, Reese Witherspoon's book club. She Yes, we were looking at stuff from her book club. Oh, my God. Great. They are always... Uh, she all the books that I've read from her club are um, really enjoyable to read. They're page turners. They're great stories, and they're also really approachable. As opposed to sometimes, um, you know, celebrity book clubs can get a little bit like heady or existential, and they don't ap- appeal to everyone. Reese, uh, she, she's got a good one. That was my only request for the next book in our book club. I said, I we're never going to agree on a genre or a style, but all I ask is that it either is vouched for by Oprah, Reese Witherspoon, or is a New York Times bestseller. Any of those things, then surely, even if the genre is not mine, I'll get into it. Great. Um, if people that you are doing this club with haven't yet read Where the Crawdads Sing, that is a fabulous read. I just, I tore through it. I loved it so much. I would really suggest it for, um, I mean, you guys are going to have plenty of time to read books, so I would suggest it for the next time around. Whether or not we do it in book club, I'm going to read it. Although I still have a stack of freaking books that I want to read. It just feels never ending, but I'll get there. That's great. I mean, now now is the time for all that. Um, I like how busy you're keeping, how you um, don't seem like you are bored or just like wandering around, you know, bouncing off the walls, trying to look for something to do. Um, I, I really appreciate that about people right now that are trying to fill their time in worthwhile ways. Um, it's it's nice to hear. Yeah, it's I, I'm definitely not bored, which is. I, I can I can maintain this for a while and we might have to, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. I finally pulled out the Xbox last night and let me tell you, it is fully addicting. I got like I spent like an hour playing a game and I was like, ah oh, shit. Now I know why I was avoiding this because I, I I in the back of my mind, I was like, I could waste so much time in my life playing these games. It pulls you right in. They they know what they're doing when they make those things. Which like go on, who cares? Enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll try to keep my productivity high during the day and then uh if i want to have some time to play a game in the evening then i can how is life in your um desert isolation you you just moved in is it everything you dreamed and more um it has been a really crazy week um our household we had to be out um last weekend so uh, as i said last uh last episode we moved up to the desert um the place where we're staying is great. Really love it here. The house is lovely. It's a big fenced-in property, so the dogs can run around. Um, I'm seeing some wallpaper, which is great. Yeah, there's some really cute wallpaper in here. Looks like vaginas. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. It's it's a mid-century like diamond pattern, and yeah, they, it's kind of Volvesque. Volvesque um, <laughs> episode title. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, there's been kind of a a string of, um, I would say a comedy of errors, but uh, not very comedic. Uh, Our second day here, Peter got verbally accosted by one of the neighbors who thought we were just like up for the weekend from Los Angeles. Uh, And I get it. Small communities really don't want people bringing COVID into their communities. uh, And they're very, Mm. you know, they're protective of of people going out on adventures and and ignoring social distancing. Um, And uh, so that I, I had to kind of get over it and be like, you know what? He he doesn't know the whole story. He doesn't know why we're here. He didn't know that we had to move. Um, and so uh, long story short, Peter went out on a run uh, shortly after I had gone out on a run. And he went past the same house that I, I had just gone past. It's down the road from where we're staying. And this guy came out on his porch and just laid into him like, where are you from? Oh. Go home. Just like really, really unpleasant. Um, and so that's 
really off-putting. It's it's very strange to be yeah. screamed at by someone. Um, I'm sorry you dealt with that. Also, like you can't really explain. Like we were forced to move out. Uh, yeah, so we didn't feel very welcome here. Uh, but you know, it's a really small town. We don't have to interact with anyone, which is fine. And we're just not going to go on runs past that guy's house anymore. And then the second day, uh, Fergus was out running around, and um, he got there are cactuses out here called jumping choyas and um he got attacked by a jumping choya uh meaning he went too close to one of these cactuses and it latched on to his leg and i was like calling him and he wouldn't move and i got up close and there's this huge cactus with like 20 spines in his leg no um and so i had to pick him up and we had to go inside and like do a full removal of those he is such a tough little dude he did he did great like he stayed really still most of the time but we had to i mean both peter and i had like stab wounds all over our hands this thing is Mm. vicious then the next night, and this is, I mean, it's such a fucking saga, Fergus woke up uh, blind. He had um, he, he had this awful, unexplained situation where um, blood was pooling in his inner eye, and um, he was completely blind, had, like, no, no sight at all. And we could tell because, well, he was, like, bumping into things and wouldn't walk, was, like, really scared to walk. But also, in the light, his eyes, which are normally, like, this dark chocolatey brown, were, like, the color of, like, a red grape. They were, like, that dark reddy purple color. Um, it looked crazy. Um, and so we rushed him to the vet here. Um, and that vet was like, you need to take him to a specialist. This could be really dangerous. So they don't have any idea what happened. Three vets are all completely baffled by this. But they started treating the symptoms. And uh, he's got, like, most of his sight back. You can look into his eyes now and see like there's still a little bit of blood in there but he can see i i would say probably 75 80 percent fine and he's back to his old self um selfishly kind of i feel um really really put upon by all of this because like with over the past couple weeks with the the move like i we have been forced to interact with people like movers and uh you know house inspectors and stuff just what you want in a pandemic oh my god right and so i felt really uncomfortable about that fact that like this is all like we're contractually obligated to do all this shit and get out of our house and move and so Mm -hmm. i was just kind of concentrating on like okay we're going to get to the desert and we're going to hunker down and ride this thing out like everyone else and then all of a sudden i'm like having to drive back to la and do like go to the vet and all this kind of stuff i'm like jesus christ i just want to follow rules i just want to sit still i want to not expose myself for other people like i two days ago when i was i was in la i was just in this like kind of low state of panic the whole time for so many reasons i was emotionally and physically so exhausted by it all i just it was it was a really really bad day but things are looking up um and i wore a mask the whole time and I washed my hands and sanitized like crazy and kept my distance from people. And I think that, um, you know, I did everything that I could to be as responsible as, as I could. Yeah. You especially are a rule follower and you are kind of perfectly suited for a pandemic. You're the exact kind of person you want to be around, you know, like <laughs> you're intelligent, self-sufficient and, uh, capable of taking instructions. And so to be, to be forced to throw all that out the window and just run amok, uh, <laughs> must be pretty exhausting. It was, it was, yeah, it was exhausting in that moment. But um, it, other than that, um, you know, if we can just fucking sit still and, and you know, enjoy our, our life out here in, among no other people and under the big open sky of the desert, that is, you know, that's all I want. And I feel like that's, you know, we're we're so close to being able to, to say that's what we're doing. So <laughs> Almost. just fingers crossed everyone stays healthy and we can just sit the fuck still for a while. Ooh, fingers are crossed for you. Cactus spindles crossed. What are they called? Um. 
cactus uh, spines? spines. Yeah, spindles. <laughs> spindles are what you have on a staircase. Uh, spinstress is what I'll be in ten years. A spinstress. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> spinster is that? Is that the male spinstress? A spinster? Are they gendered? No, spinstress is not a thing. It's a spinster ant, isn't it? Let's look it up. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. It just sounded wrong coming out of your mouth. <laughs> a lot of things do. Uh, Spinstress, a woman who spins. <laughs> Thanks, Urban Dictionary. Stupid. <laughs> a spinster is an older, unmarried woman. Either way, it means a woman who never got married. Old, gendered disparagement. Can't a man be a spinster? I mean... No, he's just a bachelor. Yeah, that's a bachelor. Hmm. Just another offensive thing to women that doesn't have a, well, an equivalent. historically, you're not going to have any, any old men <laughs> spinning thread. <laughs> oh, hot take. <laughs> um, did you manage in your week you know three of isolation on the compound to do anything gay oh boy did i gay 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 um this is embarrassing um mom you know what go ahead and listen i'm gonna speak vaguely so only the homosexuals can understand it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i can't wait okay so I felt a little guilty because I made a splurge, and by splurge, I mean a $35 Amazon deal, and it felt important. It felt like an essential— $35? Well, you know what? When you're jobless and have no prospects of one— I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that support. I bought something um, that has a real skin feel— <laughs> Um, and uh (laughs) no mystery why why even try because i think it's just enough mystery for some folks okay it has real skin and it um, no real skin feel that's important to get that word in there (laughs) i did not buy real skin i did not buy real human skin ew um Uh, so i bought a personal item with a real skin feel um for my own intimate use uh, and um (laughs) uh i gotta tell you i've never been so affirmed in any decision in my life is it an audi or an any huh you could have you could have something with a real skin feel that's an audi or an any <laughs> oh i will not answer that for you but i will tell you that it gave me the ride of my life okay so it's an audi cool 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 which ones okay i have both i have a pocket puss too <laughs> <laughs> and an audi would be a dildo and an any would be a pocket pussy cool um <laughs> anyway <laughs> We've talked about that before. It was a flashlight, though, wasn't it? Not a pocket pussy. Yes, it was. It was the flashlight. Okay. Um, anyway, got myself <laughs> something. Don't want to go into too many details because my mom is going to be listening to this and going to have questions that I don't want to answer for her. It was lovely. Um, uh-huh. It uh, was just right. And I don't think I need to date again. <laughs> so you're saying that you're in a relationship with this this item now? Um, yeah, we are <laughs> in a monogamous relationship. <laughs> uh, is it fair to assume that you've uh, used it more than once? Um, (laughs) (laughs) he gently bounces up and down get it out yeah i don't know if it counts as more than once if it just hasn't exited yet it's been a part of me for a while now (laughs) that ain't right it's not healthy (laughs) anyway never have i ever felt gayer um so yeah that was my gayest moment this week and i was so happy when i saw the package i was like you know ran and got it and you know disinfected and uh went on my merry way i want to say i you know i want to go on record as saying that i think that's a very responsible quarantine purchase thank you um you know i think there are still some dudes that are on grinder right now uh that that was the responsible thing to do to to keep yourself uh Keep yourself fulfilled while in quarantine. Um, yeah, and honestly, 
dill the century 35 bucks i'm i'm telling you it is primo do you want one i don't know i would like to explore my options um okay well i'll i'll send it over to you (laughs) (laughs) the link send the link no 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 i will send you it um one one last thing about my gayest moment it like thrusts but it's it doesn't like it's not a thrust it just it's kind of a strange looking thing because it just kind of elongates and retracts whoa really yeah which is really cool 35 dollars, man but also if i ever saw that on like a real life human Uh uh-huh contracting and expanding (laughs) is it terrifying i would be frightened but it works in an inanimate object (laughs) um i don't know if you can call that an inanimate object i mean it's not a human but it's a it's a robot oh that's true it's pretty fucking animate let me tell you it is animate (laughs) i'm so glad that you have that new um boyfriend me too he's i should probably name him um yeah eh, i'll get back to you with that but yeah it's lovely uh you sir any any particular gay mo's Uh, my (laughs) life has not been terribly um homosexual in a gay man way but i did have a butchest moment of the week so i'm gonna shout it out to all my um all my lesbian sisters out there and get do my most lesbian moment of the week Um, so I was, uh, outside in the garage working out a couple days ago and, uh, a big storm was blowing in up here in the desert and the gate on the front of our driveway, uh, blew open and it broke the fence. Uh, that's how uh, like bad the wind was up here. Like it ripped the, it ripped the latch right off the gate and broke this fence. So it blew wide open. Um, and because of aforementioned angry neighbor down the road, I was like, we're not just keeping an open fence here. You know, I want some, I want a barrier no matter how permeable it is between me and that person so um i started looking around and realized that the the woman our friend who owns this house has no tools there's like like a a couple tools left over from when this house was renovated in a corner of the garage but really nothing that i needed to do the job properly to to re uh reattach this this thing however i macgyvered that shit so hard without like instead of a hammer i used a hatchet instead of a wrench i used needle nose pliers um instead of the right drill bit i used the wrong drill (laughs) bit and and, and, if you name (laughs) one more tool i'm gonna scream (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I managed to reattach this uh, the latch on this fence uh, in a different place. It's held up to three days of storms and blowing winds up here, and it still is holding strong. Oh so, God. booyah, I'm a fucking MacGyver lesbian. You are. I'm. That's Yeah, that's super gay. And also, like, it could be a butch handyman gay. Yeah, you know what? My my gay brand has has a, a butch streak to it. So that's what we're... That's That was my gay moment. Thank you very much. Um, Speaking of tools, Cam, have you uh, yet practiced with the tool that I gave you for Christmas? <laughs> oh, I refuse to answer that on this podcast. So that's a, that's a hearty yes, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's a hearty. I'm not going to talk about that on this podcast. God bless. Uh, in a hard right turn in conversation, I got a very interesting text message just now, and I'd like to provide a live update about something we talked about in last week's episode. Oh my god, look at that. The timing is wonderful. The timing is wonderful. Um, I just got a text from my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law's husband, who last week I was talking about teaching um, the term cum gutters. Ah, uh, yes. The text message says this. I wish you could have seen my wife's face when I confronted her about enjoying Nick Jonas's cum gutters. <laughs> she hasn't listened to the podcast yet, <laughs> and she was unaware that was in there. <laughs> I feel uh, like that's um sometimes how you feel when I send you a copy of this. You're like, that was not supposed to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, uh, it did make it, and uh, I didn't really think anything of it at the time. But now I might, I might have to answer to her for including, <laughs> including that. Whatever. I was the one providing the education in that moment. Thank you very much. Speaking of education, we have a great new show to chat about. Yeah. 
Yes. By the way, who is the yes in that? Jonathan Van Ness. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Love it so much. So this week, we are going to talk about Feel Good. It's uh, Mae Martin's new show, um, and she is just a fucking gem, and I think we both thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so this is a, uh, a scripted series on Netflix. I think it's like six episodes long, um, and they're they're pretty short, so it's a pretty quick binge. Um, Mae Martin is someone who I had never even heard of before the show, but she is a um, she's a comedian. I think she created the show, right? And she's also the lead character. Yep. Um, and man, it is gay, it is funny, and it is uh, super bingeable. Uh, what did you like about it, Mikey? Honestly, when I first started it, uh, it was a kind of a, a slow burn. I thought it was going to be like a laugh out loud comedy. I just, I don't know, because I knew May Martin was a comedian and whatever. And I realized it's more of a dramedy with like a lot of funny moments written by a comedian, which is a different thing. I think once I put that like lens on, I was able to enjoy the show more than expecting it to be like i don't know an office or something sure yeah that makes sense to me when i first started watching it peter had just told me you know there's this new lesbian show on netflix you have to you have to watch it it's great and so i started it and i didn't know what to expect and um then the first episode i was like oh this is this is funny it's getting me in a few moments and then all of a sudden boom there's lisa kudrow and i'm like i'm in <laughs> yes lisa kudrow's <laughs> in it get back to her in one second the other thing i loved is just <laughs> may martin is just such a likable redeemable character and i think a lot of it's probably based on her own comedy and her own life i don't i don't know her situation but i bought it i bought her all the time one of the things i liked about her is she's just very uh we don't first of all get a ton of lesbian shows like fully lesbian focused i guess there there are some but i feel like there's far more gay male shows so it is already great to have a little bit of representation from someone who's just seems so relatable her being a lesbian is such a I don't want to say it's a non-issue because it's definitely a focus of the show, but she mentions offhand, like, she's like, maybe I'm trans, I don't know. She's like, maybe I'm non-binary, I don't really know. But other than those comments in her a stand-up set of hers, it's not, her parents don't care, her friends don't care. It's kind of like she's living her life without that being the prime focus. Yeah, I and that kind of speaks to what we were um what we were saying what we liked about God's Own Country last week. I think we're entering this kind of brave new world of of queer cinema and um I, I we keep saying the word content it's like I, I i need a different word for that but um there's so many stories being told where the gayness isn't the the main central plot point the coming out the strife about finding oneself all this um kind of these these things that used to be the the angst of the every gay story that you listen to that's no longer the central thing that that these stories revolve around and we're just seeing people who are gay or who are in some way queer and that is not the most interesting thing about them and it's so fun to watch that's something i really enjoyed about this as well that said there is one character the other main character does kind of have that journey she's a straight girl and then starts dating may and her friends are kind of douches about it but then when she's finally like i don't know if i'm a lesbian or not but i'm dating this woman they're like okay why don't you just say so like they are assholes but also they quickly don't care which is nice too yeah. there's not like a whole process of them re reacquainting and getting to know this new friend they're like great okay yeah and i think that that's that's another you know another side of the same coin is that there is you know people will continue to come out but the the reaction of the the people in their lives doesn't always have to be like you know excommunication and like this person having to start their life over instead <laughs> it's like these people going like cool can we move on like can we <laughs> can we can you just tell us the truth so we can right. go on having fun with you her friends are the fucking worst they're all douchebags i hate them all but 
Back to Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow plays a very distant mother in this. She's like a very complicated relationship with her daughter. But um, when it comes down to it, when it when the time comes, when her daughter really needs her, no spoilers, uh, she shows up. And uh, one of my very favorite moments, though, was in the first episode when they're talking on the phone and Lisa Kudrow goes, that's why we're not close. And Mae Martin's character goes, we're not close. <laughs> Overall, I think this was a, a great show. I enjoyed it from top to bottom, and I think I benched the whole thing in two days. Um, it has heavy moments, but overall, I didn't feel like it was – it didn't beat you over the head in, in any way. Um, there are queer themes. There are themes of addiction and heartache and complicated relationships, and it does it all really well. I'm excited for season two. Yeah, with a good um, bounciness to very heavy issues. Yeah, that's a really good description, a really, really good description. Um, before we go too far away from this uh, education segment, though, we did both – watch one more movie that we hadn't planned on talking about on the podcast but i think it begs a little bit of a conversation um so this film was the talented mr ripley uh from 1999 starring matt damon gwyneth paltrow kate blanchett jude law philip seymour hoffman i mean everyone is in this movie it's Mm -hmm. amazing that neither of us had ever watched it and i didn't realize it was in any way gay until um, another podcast that I am a big fan of uh, did a full review of this movie just like last week or the week before. Um, that podcast, to give them all the credit that is due, is the Ask Rana podcast. And um, if you listen to their premium feed, they do a um, they're doing a quarantine film festival. So uh, they're the ones that brought this to my attention, and I had never seen the movie, but I listened to them review it, and I was so intrigued, I had to go find it immediately. Happens to be streaming on Netflix, and I was hooked it was so amazing like you had with feel good i had no expectations with this movie didn't know what it was about so you kind of get the idea of this like creepy sociopathic ish character um that is matt damon and then um first of all it's 20 years old so i'm not going to worry about spoilers but if you're concerned then fast forward a little bit but uh holy shit the boat scene matt damon um kills jude law they've been flirty and then they're on a boat together and it is a very graphic murder that i did not expect to happen about 40 minutes into the movie holy fuck it shook me it uh yeah this movie takes a a, a turn you think that the matt damon character is just going to be like kind of manipulative and creepy the whole time and he turns into a full nightmare just like a sociopath that's trying to protect the life that he's created that he's built on all these lies and it is twisted and it's gay because this character and and this is i think one of the things that like really shows that this film was done in the 90s but it is the gayness is so danced around it's all these it's frustrating it's very frustrating it's a straight actor playing gay um and then there's another character uh the the very sexy 20 something jude law he i mean my jaw was on the floor at how fucking sexy he was the whole time but he is kind of that um that like straight playboy who just loves the attention of anyone and so um Mm -hmm. you know he's he's getting the attention of this this gay guy and so there's this real like sexual tension between the two of them um and it is so not overt what is the word i'm trying to say like it it is it is so they dance around it so much i'm like i had blue balls this entire movie yeah they can only hint at it because it's 1999 or whatever there's like even at one point matt damon does date a man like openly as opposed to just like this weird flirty with a straight man and even then they don't even kiss or anything and it's very frustrating i'm like we know you're gay we've made this clear they use the word homosexual yeah i mean he's he's sharing a room with this guy but they don't even ever touch there's also um there's also the fact that this was 
Um, it was it's supposed to be, I think, the late 50s, early 60s in, in Italy. Um, oh, and sure. at one point, he is accused of being gay, and he violently denies that that could possibly be the case. It, it's it's pretty complicated, but it is a it is a sinister gay sociopath character, and it is fun to watch. Um, can I tell you, unfortunately, I like sort of related with Matt Damon's character. Not that I'm a sociopath, I hope. Knock on wood. <laughs> Um, I think I'd know by now, right? 30? Yeah, I think I hope I would know. Well, no, well, I guess time will tell. Um, but I guess what I relate to is the infatuation Matt Damon's character feels for Jude Law's character and the frustration and the confusion of, uh, you know, this man he's obsessed with continuing to feed into that, knowing that they're not on the same page. Like he's doing it anyway, Jude Law's character, because it just it feeds his ego. Um, my first love kind of did the same thing with me and just made me feel crazy I, I think that says more about him being a manipulative narcissist than it says about you being a sociopath yeah i'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping that it's not <laughs> a like parallel situation i also didn't murder him on a boat nor do i have any intentions of doing so but um <laughs> i we did like say i love you to each other which like in hindsight seems crazy like he just never did it was a i don't know if, if he said it because it was easier than explaining that he doesn't or if it was a way to continue getting i don't know an infatuation from me i I think i don't know what his role is in this i know i should have seen sooner that it wasn't reciprocated like outside looking in watching matt damon and jude law play my life out i was like oh my god this is what it was um i just it felt a little too relatable for me <laughs> i think that's kind of a universal theme in, in in young love especially um when someone falls faster than the other person a lot of the time the other person says i love you back because that's the only option you can't not say i love you back if you want to keep seeing that person or if you like that person's attention or if you think you might someday love that person you know that is that is an immature way to to, to deal with that situation. And that's probably what your dude did. Uh, you know, if in hindsight, you can tell that it wasn't love coming from him, but he probably saw that as his only option. Like, well, I want to keep doing this. I don't exactly know how I feel, or I know that I don't feel that way, but I like this guy's attention. So I'm just going to say it, which is manipulative and awful, but it's how a lot of people operate. Mm -hmm. I mean, his emotional range was about as deep as his tan, right? (laughs) Yeah. And we'll leave it there. Uh, all right. So uh, if you have also managed to miss this movie for the past two decades, uh, I highly recommend uh, getting on your Netflix account and watching The Talented Mr. Ripley some night with a glass of like bold red wine because that was a delightful evening for me. Yeah. Or just a straight up glass of whiskey or something. That was, was you need something strong. That was <laughs> it was good and also hard. It was it was a lot. Oh, oof. speaking of hard, Jude Law and Matt Damon at the same time in Speedos. Yum. Yum. Oh, my God. So <laughs> yum. So yum. Yeah, uh, Jude Law's ass getting out of a bathtub. That happens. It's worth the price of admission, which is free if you have a Netflix account. Yeah. Thanks Ugh. so much to the Ask Rana podcast for putting it on my radar. I am uh, a better person for having seen it. A better person? Absolutely not. A more informed person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we've hit dildos. We've hit tools. We've hit lesbians. We've hit Lisa Kudrow. We've hit a hot Jude Law. Anything else we need to hit? Just your journal, baby. Let's hit it. Okay, so we are in October of 2014. Give us a quick recap. Where did we finish up in September? Uh, still just rehearsing. That's it. Nothing's going on. Jockstraps walking around. That's all. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of, peep our Instagram from last week if you want to see our new uh, our new mascot, Cheeky the Jockstrap, <laughs> drawn by one uh, kick. Cheeky. 
<laughs> He's so cute. He's so cute. I uh, mentioned Daily Jocks in that post, hoping that maybe they create a real life uh, Cheeky the Jockstrap, you know, a boy can dream. Do they make Jockstraps? I think they have their own brand, but they also sell just like Pump and Nasty Pig and all that shit. Okay, gotcha. Bike, the original Jockstrap. Huh? Bike? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's like the one that you actually wear for like baseball. Like it's they sell it at like Target. If you're a jock. <laughs> yeah, if you're an actual jock and not just someone that was looking to frame your ass beautifully for photos and plowing. <laughs> October 1st, 2014. October. It's October. You wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that. Oh, man. Yeah. I just lived that experience again. I was like, October. Uh, you worked on Invitation to Dance in the Morning and Summer Breeze in the Evening. Um, average lead singer is still struggling. It's difficult. I um, feel like that's going to be a thread throughout this whole contract, no? Yeah, it just is. Um, it was. She's just had a hard time. <laughs> she's just pretty average. Um, okay. You got a haircut with Boy 2 downtown at Vital. I went to this awful place that like would not let you look at the mirror that is my absolute nightmare it was a place where they had um they had a bunch of like air blowers hanging from on top of each seat like from the ceiling and they'd use that instead of like i don't know instead of like a brush on your neck or something to blow hair away or instead of a broom and they all the chairs faced inward so you were staring at the other patrons instead of looking at your own hair getting caught in the mirror it was honestly horrifying for me i hated it and i kept trying to turn around he's like what what do you need i was like to see what you're doing he like gave you a hard time about it yes it was awful that is shocking like like he has never been to another barber before where they let you watch the process what what the fuck that's so strange i know anyone like why would you not be faced in front of the mirror it seems crazy like let me just do this whole thing and then hope it worked out in the end yeah no thanks did it work out in the end no it wasn't a good haircut oh i'm so sorry to hear that i'm also sorry to hear that on october 2nd you started the entry by saying i hop by myself oh god that's sad Um, (laughs) this is a sad state of affairs (laughs) there was an ihop near the studio so i think i just got a quick lunch and also like it was cheap um okay i need so much uh help on this entry because it says learned queer me me do i know that song Um, it's a latin song um you ran can yesterday k-a-n maybe oh (laughs) another latin song is this a whole latin show yeah it's latin dance oh okay gotcha okay so you learned kirame you ran can can and then (laughs) she bangs today oh my god ricky martin in a second contract yeah i didn't have to sing it this time i sang she bangs in i told you it's the same exact show as Danzare, but now i'm doing a different part so i don't have to do the ricky martin one i thought you sang la vida loca i also sang la vida loca so i sang she bangs in Danzare. remember because i said she bangs i was a beat off the whole time I... <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then i sang la vida loca in white night wow that is kind of tragic the fact that you had to sing two ricky martin songs on one ship i, I never put that together i think i just kept thinking they were the same thing <laughs> this week you're on the edge of ricky i'm gonna edge with ricky <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh yeah what you said uh. <laughs> do you ever see him in um american horror story with uh it's the one with gaga and i think ricky martin's in that one uh wait i saw the one with gaga and matt bomer bomer's in it too yeah ricky martin's in it that's hotel yeah he's in that one i don't remember ricky martin in that at all Oh, maybe I lied to you. He's an American crime story, but I really thought he was in Hotel as well. Hold on. I don't think he was, Bobo. No, he was not. Okay. Well, I 
like being right, so that's fine. Um, really quick though, that season of American Horror Story with Gaga, that whole haunted hotel situation is based on the Hotel Cecil, which is located downtown LA near where Peter and I used to live, and it is a fucked up crazy story about shit that has actually gone down in that hotel. So if you are ever interested, you should look up the Hotel Cecil Los Angeles online and see all the crazy shit that has gone down there. If you're ever interested and ever out of quarantine, then definitely to do that. Um, I... <laughs> no, look it up online. Don't stay there. <laughs> American Horror Stories generally hit or miss for me. A couple of them were so good, and then a couple I just watched like four episodes, you know? Sometimes it's like very right. I like Ryan Murphy's world, but I don't necessarily love his horror world because they get so graphic. I've liked two seasons. One was Freak Show and one was Hotel. Those are the only two that I ever really got into. I watched the, the first season is very good. Is it? You know what? The best Ryan Murphy is the politician, and I stand by that. Oh my God, I stand by that too. More Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh yeah. Um, did I tell you that I sat in the same row as Gwyneth Paltrow at a Ben Platt concert last year? Yes, gel. Just wanted to make sure that I bragged about that. So cool. <laughs> um, so you ran She Bangs. That's where we were 20 minutes ago or so. Fantastic. Um, you ran Swing City. You went to the gym with Boy 2. You found your friend's car and went to Target. What do you mean you found it? Oh, okay. A friend of mine was on a ship already, but left his car at the rehearsal studios. Oh. Um, and was like, you can use that while I'm gone. I didn't like steal his car. That's really funny. Okay. So you found his car, went to Target. Um, so tired every day, ready for ship. So tired. Um, medical U slash A? Medical urethra anus check. Oh, okay. And how did that go? Um, flying colors came out of them both. <laughs> Mainly green and yellow though, right? <laughs> Gross. Um, I have no idea what that means, but surely I just went and did, I had to do... They have this stupid, extensive, extensive medicals for ships. Also, like, one more time, here he is tired again, folks. He put in a day's work and cannot handle it. <laughs> well, the day before, you did, um, you had two separate rehearsals from morning and into the night. So I get it. You're tired. Um, you're bitching about it, which isn't that exciting to read, but. <laughs> no, you can go ahead and skip that. Fast forwarding to January 30th. <laughs> Uh, on October 3rd, voices beyond tired, worried about enduring it. Oh, yikes. Um, and then you saw Saw 3. Saw 3. Why the fuck? You know what? This is what happens when you spend too much time with straight people, including my mom. She loves this shit. Oh, uh, really? Horror? Like, I call that horror porn? Like, like that kind of stuff where it's just, like, so shockingly gruesome that it's like no one could possibly enjoy it there's no actual like quality to it right my mom loves loves horror and when i was little like i used to watch i saw horror movies when i was like three. Oh my god i'm always being scolded by people for not having seen classics i'm like i don't know i haven't seen shrek i'm like you haven't seen shrek i'm like no but i saw saw three in hostel when i was five um <laughs> You're also 12 years old. Not those ones specifically. I didn't watch like very graphic ones when I was little, but I definitely watched like Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street and like Rosemary's Baby and like classics. Um, my mom loves horror movies. And every time she's like, can I watch a movie? I'm like, yes, but doesn't it's always do you want to watch a scary movie? I'm like, I don't not really know, but it's what she loves. So, well, it, you can watch scary movies with her and she can eat sushi with you. That's fair. You mentioned Scream, and uh, that's funny that you said that because just uh, maybe last night or two nights ago, the at the house we're staying at here, the laundry is out in the garage, and um, I it was nighttime and the like the storm was blowing. 
snowing and it was just like very windy and rainy and stuff. And I walked out into the garage and the garage door slammed shut behind me because it, it's just really heavy and it just slammed shut while I was putting laundry in. And I walked back into the house and I was like, you know what? Someone who grew up in the early 2000s like me who watched Scream <laughs> way too many times in high school, that is such a triggering fucking thing when you're in a garage at night and a door just slammed shut behind you. I was like, this oh, is yeah. too much. Next thing you know, you look over and Rose McGowan's in the dog trap getting pulled up in the garage door and uh, getting squeezed to death. Yeah, thanks for that. Why is Rose McGowan at your house? She was just hanging out. We're close. Cool. Scream was a good movie. I, that's one of my favorites, honestly. Drew Barrymore, barely. Hysterical. Drew Barrymore is the cover of that. Yeah, she's like, she was the featured actress in that and she dies immediately, which... Before the credits. Right. Well, I think that's why that was like the whole thing. It was like, let's advertise her and that's why this movie got so... So much notoriety because they killed off the main character. It's what Walking Dead did the first season too. Oh, really? Yeah. Anything can happen if you kill the lead immediately. Who? Which lead died in Walking Dead? The main guy. I, I only I forgot it. It's so, so long ago. Rick. Rick, his wife, and his best friend, and his wife and best friend are both dead by the first season. Oh yeah, the other cop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He like breaks. Wow. Um, that was a long time ago. Also, really good show that kind of went off the rails. I think it's still on? Question mark. I stopped watching like three seasons. I ago. think so too. The problem is it needs to. I always bring Breaking Bad up. It's the only show that did it correctly. You need to know where you're going and just end it. Breaking Bad is perfect every season. They had a they had a full arc that they saw through and ended it. No, everyone else is like, this is still this is still successful. Let's let's figure it out and keep going. And that's when Lost got insane. It's when Walking Dead got insane. All these shows, unless you're a sitcom. Um, your drama end it early yep i completely agree and even sitcoms should a lot of the time know where they're going uh we'll talk more about that next week when you finish Shit's creek because we have things to chat about along those oh, very wait. lines yes some sitcoms do like will and grace and friends lasted forever and they did a good job you just don't want to get too plotty you just want to enjoy the characters yeah they did a good job although i will say i was um i've been re-watching the old will and graces with peter we've just been having it on as you know something to to have on it's kind of been our background show um which i haven't watched the whole thing in a long time and i I think Will and Grace peaked around the original peaked around like season six. Like by the time we get to season eight, it has its moments. There are some funny moments, but the writing gets so, I don't know, kind of like almost old hat. It's like not as fun to to be around anymore. Um, it gets like a little too silly and the characters get like they, they rely a little bit too much on all the characters quirks. And by that point, I was like, you know what? I'm glad it ended when it did. When you lean too hard into the quirks and you start losing the humanity of these characters, the quirks aren't funny if you're no longer human. Yeah. You need to be a human who has quirks, not just a, a laughing quirk machine. Yep. Friends did that with Joey too. Joey got so much dumber over the seasons. By the end of it, he was pretty much like the stock stupid guy. Yeah, he was a joke. There was like nothing left of him. He was a joke every time he was on screen. It was it was exhausting. <laughs> okay. On to October 4th. So you learned Candyman? Candyman, Candyman. The Christina Aguilera Candyman? Sweet sugar Candyman. It was the final number in that show. And uh, we go ahead and we use the the full lyrics. And our audiences are like 90 and uh, sitting real close. And we are scantily clad screaming, make my panties drop and my cherry pop. Candyman, Candyman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> delightful i bet that was really fun for everyone including you yeah some stuff doesn't translate well uh-uh <laughs> okay so you learned Candyman. you went to dave and buster's got a massive beer tank and won a mug and a monkey <laughs> <laughs> Woo! it sounds like a fun street night um we 
Uh, yeah, that was great. This whole cast was down to clown, as you like to say. Everyone was like fun and silly and just ready to have a good time together. We all hung out a lot. Dave and Buster's was great. Just like a, it's an adult playground. It's stupid. If you're ready to be like stupid and drink beer, it's a great place to be. That reminds me of your love of the bowling alley. It's like a place to drink beer yeah. and like play games, just be like goofy and have fun. Totally. Just activities and laughs. Love it. I haven't been to a Dave and Buster's since I was probably like 20. Um, I don't know that I've ever been when I was old enough to drink. That was the last one I went to. So, um, all right. On October 5th. Fifth, um, you had a beautiful day off. Thank God you got to catch up on sleep. You slept in. You tanned. Okay, when you say tanned, do you mean you laid out or you went to a tanning bed? Laid out. Okay, thank God. I did go to a tanning bed a couple times in Ithaca, though, because um, where I went to school is just gray and misty and cold for like nine months a year. So a couple of us would go to tanning beds. Don't recommend it, but like I needed some to feel like I, I had warmth and sun. I was just cold and just wanted to lie in the bed. I wouldn't do it now, but... I understand. Yeah. I mean, last time I went to a tanning bed, it was uh, in college. But I mean, in high school, I went a few times, especially. I mean, God damn. If you look at like me in pictures from show choir competitions or prom, I was a unhealthy tan color. And I would <laughs> always I mean, this is like a Midwest winter when I should not have had a tan. And I would always lie to my mom. Like, what did she think I was doing? Um, I, because she was like staunch, like you're not to go to a tanning bed. And I would like use my like fun money or whatever money I earned at my job or my parents gave me to go and like sneak off and get a, like a deep, dark, like Caribbean tan in the middle of Indiana winter. <laughs> you can't hide a tan. What were you, how do you lie and come back with a tan? No, I didn't go to the tanning booth. I, I think I told her that like, oh, I got a free one. And so I just went once and this is what happened. But I would go like a lot, you know, because it, in 2003, 2004, 2005, it was very in vogue to be a white person with a deep, dark, unnatural tan. Yikes. It was. I'll leave that right where it is, but you're not wrong. Uh, Question. Your mom, you said you would tell her it was free. So her problem was not the cancer, but the you spending your money on a tan? No. Well, she first of all, she would she would not have had me spend money on that. But also, like if I said that I I just went once, she'd be like, I really don't want you doing that. Little did she know, like I like bought a package and I had like that like $60 tingle lotion that you'd put on and it would make you feel like you're on fire. <laughs> Do you remember that shit? Uh-huh. And the little glasses. Uh. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was just like warm and nice. I don't know. I never really got that tan from it, but it was it was a thing. Okay, I don't do it anymore. Now I am in Florida, so no, I was tanning outside. Okay, which is honestly I'm not just as bad. <laughs> I'm not giving you a hard time for doing it in like high school and college because I feel like we all did that because you think you're invincible back then, and also you can ignore the the fact that uh you know it's gonna give you cancer someday. But what I cannot abide is the fact that there are still multiple tanning salons in fucking West Hollywood in a city where you can get a tan 350 days a year and they're busy. You're like you can be in the middle of West Hollywood and you see all these like very tan gay men walking in and like a steady stream. I'm like, how do you not know that this is killing you? How do you not know that this is literally the worst thing you can do? They don't care. Uh just laying in a tanning bed chain smoking. <laughs> I think they discourage that. <laughs> After tanning, you went to Gigi's Waterfront, had a great meal with the Vegas couple. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. This Jesus. We're, there's so many things that are on, on brand for you. You carved pumpkins with the twos and the Vegas couple. You watched Harry Potter and Edward Scissorhands. Perfect. Oh, my God. You would do that to this day. I would. I love it. Of course you do. It's a themed seasonal activity. Also on brand that I'm a fifth wheel here. Two couples and me, which is also <laughs> typical. Uh, just always the extra wheel. You know what? I add balance. You do add balance. That's not true at all. Uh, I'm just extra weight. No, you stop that right now. <laughs> no, gay. Okay. 
that there is a there's a situation in which you would be a third wheel if you were like on a date with a couple that was trying to get to know each other <laughs> all my couple friends are either married or in very serious relationships and so i feel like i i only feel like a third wheel if people are trying to get together and i am just a full-on cock block you know yeah but I th- i'm pretty aware of the situations and make myself scarce if that's the situation mm-hmm. Ooh, i've been cock blocked so hard by people that were just oblivious before where <laughs> you're like i am trying to get with this person it is two in the morning and you have not yet left or gone to bed please catch my drift <gasps> good night who tell me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about we were like a little trio and that's when we started realizing that like there was little romance there and there were like mm-hmm. multiple nights where we were all just sitting up like on the couch and was like let's watch another movie at like 2 a.m i'm like let's all Ugh. go to sleep please <laughs> <laughs> She just didn't get it. She didn't get that there was anything gay going on. She thought we were just like a happy trio of friends. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, eventually I had to be like, listen, things have progressed beyond our happy trio of friends. Do you think Michaela and Kristen uh, are having that conversation right now? <laughs> Michael thinks he's just part of our, we're a happy trio of friends. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to tell, sit you down and tell you that they're actually romantically involved. Yeah, I probably should have figured that out when I officiated their wedding. Um, okay, we have two more days in this week. Let's finish it. We are just so chatty these days. We barely get through any journal. <laughs> Yikes. That's... You look like... For reference, I just took my disgusting unwashed hair down and I look like... Eldebarge slash Crystal yes! Method. Yes! That is what <laughs> I was going to say. Awesome. <laughs> That's a pretty new... Um, reference Pretty new cultural reference for us to be on board yeah. with. And we haven't talked much about Drag Race, so well done. <laughs> uh well done is right i mean that the look is just right crystal method as a boy yeah who also <laughs> looks exactly like elda barge oh i don't know what's the song again R- the rhythm of the night in the show rue sings that song uh-huh. and has the girls sing it and then underscored it the in post they put the song underneath uh-huh. it i laughed at it because i thought that felt like kind of like a mic edit to like throw in the actual song like hey let's get this in there <laughs> Uh, it was close. It was close. Uh, Which is how I feel about this whole season right now. Honestly, it's like the queens are great, but everything else is missing the mark. The show just feels not polished, and it sucks because the queens are so talented. I saw a funny meme the other day about someone um, just saying, like, beginning of season twelve, promising myself I'm not gonna love the skinny white queen this year, and then <laughs> two episodes in, after Gigi Good keeps killing it, they're just like <laughs> banging their head on the table because. <laughs> It's like, we don't want more skinny white queens, but she's so fucking good. Not just that, but skinny, privileged white queens. I was just talking about this with Michaela, and it's tough because these queens would have never had the balls to put a dress on back in the 80s when ballroom culture was starting. These, It was not for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, part of the magic of drag was these people who are piss poor making it work anyway. It's just magic. Yeah. Um, which is kind of lost when you when it gets mainstream. Well, so this is the thing I like about Gigi Good though is like if they did drag on a dime, that would be fine for her because she is a seamstress and she makes that work. Spinstress. Um, uh-huh. Not all drag came out of ball culture, but all like modern drag, all RuPaul drag came out of that, you know. And so, right. like the I, I I totally understand what you're saying. Like like modern drag as we know it is built on the back of like people that are like going specifically and like fucking gender norms and like social propriety and doing their like creating their own situation and in like ball culture and now we're Mm -hmm. getting like a bunch of rich white girls whose moms taught them to sew yeah but i i think about it a lot with jackie cox i really like i i like i feel like we'd be friends in real life but she just seems when i see her as a boy she seems so much like someone who doesn't I don't know. I don't see why she's doing drag other than just for like a little bit of funsies. It doesn't seem to mean much to her the way it mean, meant to like 
um, I don't know, an Evie Oddly or uh, even a Jinx. Like Jinx is quirky as all get out, not a privileged white yeah. queen, you know? Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. It's uh, it, there's like some sort of disconnect there. It's like, uh, so think of like a like a Sasha Velour or even a Violet Trotsky who I don't love, but they have art that they want to make. Like you can tell they're like these like these like bubbling up artists. Where Jackie Cox is like a really pretty boy, mm-hmm. and then like puts on a dress and kind of looks like a boy in a dress a lot of the time. Yeah, um, and it just feels like uninspired. It feels like there's Jackie Cox doesn't need to be doing drag the same way others needed it to survive. Completely agree with you. Um, and that is a really interesting way of thinking about that. And I hadn't put my mind around it that way. So thank you. To, to quote Gia Gunn. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. We haven't said that in a while. Okay. We're going to finish this fucking week. October 6th was boring. So we're not going to talk about it. October 7th. <laughs> I promise you would think it was boring, too. Um, October 7th. Saw Mamma Mia. Office run. Mm-hmm. Was eh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely was eh. grossed about director showing us how to flirt for invitation to dance at 9 a.m so that sentence made no sense but i know what i meant um <laughs> i i have already said he's uh not a good director but he's nice but he was also creepy he <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving this guy he sure is he um didn't mean to be but like he was trying to show us so it's this latin dance show it's ballroom dance it's all very sexy it's like um it's intimate it's all that's you know that whole um mood of ballroom and he tried to show us what that meant and it was so vile <laughs> i love the fact that you made a note that it was at 9 a.m it's like oh this is so much worse in the broad light of morning it was he was like mm, yeah uh, yes mm. i was like what are you ca- what are you doing licks and kisses and winks uh-huh like kind of nasty <gasps> oh so so exactly how you flirt sorry i should explain that better imagine me flirting <laughs> it was like that uh i want to let you know that i think he he led you astray and that maybe you need to re-examine it there might be a master class or something you could take while in quarantine to help your flirting game once you get back into the real world <laughs> tell me who would teach the flirting master class who would teach like like a legitimate one Who's a good flirt? someone that i would like to watch uh honestly jude law oh young dumbledore himself <laughs> oh my god jude law's playing all these almost gay characters <gasps> dumbledore is gay although not overtly in the movie uh you're totally right Jude Law, he's always just, like, dancing at the periphery of my sexual wants. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that was. It just came out. All right, it's over. Bye. Okay, <laughs> okay well, that was a really weird way to end, but uh, end we shall. End we must. End we must. Before we end it, Mike, did we hear from any listeners this week? We did. We got a really sweet message from... Um, well, I didn't ask him if I could read this, so I won't use his name, but he'll know who it is. He said, hey, guys. And by guys, I mean Mike. Uh, rude. Last week, I got a, I, I got a specific message, and this week, you read one that's specifically to you. Thanks. Thanks. It's, thanks. It's even more insulting because it's, it's to our shared account. Yours was to you, you know? <laughs> Um, I just wanted to pass on my sincerest thanks to you for MBFJ. This week has been a trying one as my dad has been hospitalized and the hospital does not allow visitors. Yikes. Um, in these crazy times, my mom, my brother, and my boyfriend are all following guidelines and staying in shelter. So it's been especially hard to be alone at these times. Your pod has been a saving grace, has been my saving grace. And today when we got the diagnosis that he does have COVID-19, I had to get out of the house and go for a run. I haven't seen him in over two weeks, so I'm not at risk. I wanted nothing more than to clear my mind of thoughts, so I put on MBFJ because it's my go-to pod each week for laughs and a sense of gay camaraderie. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> I listened to your episode, and things just felt better. He is stable and on a ventilator now, so we have a waiting game ahead of us. I know that I may be far, but I always have Mike and Cam to listen to when I need a laugh or distraction. Thank you so much for everything you do, and I hope you realize it's much appreciated by all of us out here. Keep safe and keep the laughs and stories coming. Wow, that 
is so sweet. I'm so, so sorry to hear about your dad. He will be in our thoughts and we hope uh, that he gets better really, uh, really soon. But thank you so much for for reaching out for that that sweet moment. We're happy to keep you company uh, while we can. And in another very serious listener message, we got the suggestion that in our new education segment, we might consider getting into gay erotica for reviews. So um, (laughs) we're going to take some time and consider that process that suggestion and uh if we do decide to then we'll you know maybe in the future come at you with some hot reviews of some hot gay sex stories okay just a quick clarification he he didn't actually say erotica he just said male male romance novels <laughs> and he gave us some like really thoughtful resources to to look into it so you know what maybe i don't know or, uh, who knows shut up cam <laughs> Uh, We do both love to read, and you know what? Uh, I would be happy to read about a gay couple instead of all these straight protagonists, so bring it on. Masturbating to a book just seems a a little absurd. That's like, it just feels like we have so many resources. Have you never fallen into such a hot story? Like, I've I've absolutely found, um, never mind, never mind. (laughs) I'm not going to go any further into that. No, 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 go on, go on, go on. (laughs) I've definitely come across some stories that could, uh, you know, get me there if I chose to you know, allow them to. <laughs> okay. So anyway, thank you to you folks for reaching out. Uh, we really appreciate it always. And if you have gay erotica to recommend, please feel free to reach out. Uh, you can email us at my best at gmail.com. You can visit our website at my best which is where our merch store lives. You can find us on social media at MBFJ podcast. Um, if you actually do have erotica recommendations, I'm going to give you Cam's <laughs> private number direct message me on Instagram and I will send you that. Uh, also, as always, please be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe, or I will Matt Damon you. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. Oh my God, you just threatened to kill people in boats for not reviewing us. You heard it here first. He's a full sociopath. I did, like, compare myself to him a lot. <laughs> You're my favorite sociopath. I do love you. That's our next podcast after my favorite hate crime. But Mike's sociopathic tendencies? Yeah, or my favorite sociopath. <laughs> Fabulous. All right, Mike, that does it for this week. Until next time, always remember... Some tools fix fences. Other tools fix lonely nights. (laughs) With a real skin feel. Spank bank material. Meant to be spank bank material. Meant to be spank bank material. I can't say spank bank. Meant to be spank bank material. (laughs) (laughs) Sir!